0: Welcome to my podcast, You Are Not Alone, Convos with Annalisa. I am Annalisa. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining in today. I have had such great feedback with my podcast. And I really just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. The responses have been very positive, and I have received a few emails with a couple of questions, and I decided that who better to help me answer some of these questions than my husband, Ryan. With that said, this week's episode, we will go over listener questions along with some of my own questions and even questions doctors have had for us. So, jumping right on in, Ryan, how are you feeling about joining in on my podcast today?
1: I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to the questions that some of the listeners have, and I'm ready to uh, contribute what I can to your podcast.
0: Awesome. I'm super excited. And I know that the listeners are going to appreciate getting another perspective into our whole, you know, Life with having a child that's you know chronically ill. So let's let's get started now. If you are wondering how to get any questions out to me, you can email me at comboswithanalisa at gmail.com. And our first question comes from Samantha in Texas. She asks, how did your family handle the decision to go with an ostomy as the course of treatment? Well, Samantha, for me personally, I know that I had been in the hospital with Mabel 24-7, and I really wasn't seeing medicine being the best route for her. So I quickly came to peace knowing that this could potentially end all of the bad days and nights for her. And I mean, just kind of seeing your child not feeling well, you almost... Your, your hand is almost forced to just kind of be okay. And I felt very, and I still feel very confident in the decision that we made for Mabel Ann, because I know ultimately she's obviously now like living such more of a better life.
1: Well, thank you, Samantha, for this question. My feelings toward the ostomy was very confusing at first. I wasn't sure what that meant. I didn't really know much about the whole surgery that was gonna take place. Mm -hmm. So I really relied on my wife to explain what the doctors had told her and all the research that she's done to help me feel better about the decision. I really looked at it as this is something that's gonna be permanent. It'll be something that will be taken away from Mabel and hopefully it will cure her problems and, and let her live her life a little better. and that decision was really weighing on me because once we go down that path, you know, she was three years old at this time and there's no going back. You know, once it's done, it's done and she can't grow another colon. So I, I just knew that this decision had to be in her best interest for her life now and down the road in the future. And being now that we're in the future, I see how much she is playing Growing, going to school, being happy. Mm-hmm. I, I really feel that the decision we made together was the best thing we could have done for her. And I don't doubt it for a second.
0: I agree. I really agree with that. Yeah. I mean, do you remember um when I called you, like where you were, when I had just finished kind of meeting with the doctors and just kind of finally had had said, like, we've got to bite the bullet and just kind of go with it. Do you remember where you were?
1: Oh yes, I, I was at work and I saw your phone call, stepped away and walking back and forth in that hallway upstairs at work and trying to digest everything you're telling me and I don't know how many times I could have said to you, is, "Is is this the right thing for her?" You know.
0: No, I remember that. I remember asking you a thousand times, and you were really great. And I remember you just really always kind of being in back of me and. I think you knew I was doing a lot of research. I had a lot of time on my hands. And so um, you were so awesome at home playing Mr. Mom and taking care of the home front out here. And honestly, I feel like I was very blessed. I feel like I always had your support as far as like whatever decision needed to be made. You knew it, it obviously weighed heavily on me. And, you know, I think that I'm always thankful for that.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, I, I knew you had the time to do all of your research, cross your T's, dot your I's. And and sure enough, you had an answer to all my questions and you yeah. helped me, yeah. you know, be confident in the fact that, you know, what we were going to do, the decision that we were going to make was definitely going to be for the positive for Mabel.
0: Absolutely. Um, for sure. For sure. And I mean, it was um, I still kind of think about it now and it, it's almost so surreal now, like when you kind of go back and think about it, because I think we were kind of in that like fight or flight kind of mode. And we were just doing what we needed to, to like get this baby home and get her better. Because I mean, she used to FaceTime you all the time. Remember that? Like she'd call you from her little iPad and just, she wanted you to give her tours of the house and. I think it was, I think it was really hard. I think it was harder for you here at home because you were almost having to still lead a normal life while we were, you know, out there kind of going through what we were going through.
1: Oh, yes. And and what you said, I, that that's what I was trying to avoid in us making this decision that mm-hmm. it was something that was quick and off the cuff so that way you can get home. And, and that's not what I wanted. I, I wanted to make sure we thought this through and knew all of the consequences and everything that could happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, I think what a lot of people don't know about me and you is um, we really never spent very many days apart the entire time we've been married. And so all of this was really huge for us because at this point, you know, I was flown out to Houston and you and Addie Mae were left here at home. And I think that was the time one of the longest periods or if not probably still the longest period of time that we've ever kind of spent away from each other and learning to how have, have like re-recommunicate just via telephone was really difficult and i mean like i said i always just felt so much support from you and i was i was seriously just so thankful for i never felt like you weren't behind me and i never felt like we argued about it. I think that we were just a really strong team kind of going in and Mabel getting better was our, our game plan. And I think we both did really well kind of just sticking to that. Thank you, Samantha, for that question. I know we kind of gave an extra little story there, but I hope that ultimately we answered your question. Statistics show that 90% of marriages That deal with an autoimmune disease generally divorce. I did not know that. I did not learn that until we got home from the Children's Hospital in Houston. And I visited Mabel's pediatrician and she asked me how we were doing. And at this point, I mean, I'm going on about Mabel and kind of saying, oh, she's doing great, this and that. And she says, no, that's not what I asked. I asked how you all are doing and that's when it kind of clicked. She was talking about my marriage.
1: That was never an option from day one, since we got married, you know, I've told you that (laughs) divorce is not an option that we'll have to figure it out and make it work. And to know that we have a child going through this, the strain that it is going to put on our family, it it just makes us work harder together and fight for her. So Mm -hmm. for me to, say, I want to leave or for you to say you wanted to leave. I mean, that's that's crazy. Like that's not us. Like we wouldn't do that. And that wouldn't be an option that we have to even play. So,
0: yeah, I think definitely you and I have always been under the understanding. Like you, like you just said, it's never been an option. We can get mad at each other. We can have a disagreement. We can walk away from it and then come back to it. The only option is to figure it out because ultimately like now more than ever, she needs us both. She needs like a strong united set of parents that just wrap her up in love. And can, I can't even imagine down the road later on if she felt like this was her fault, you know?
1: Oh yes, I agree. And I mean the question that came from, you know, the pediatrician about that, about how our marriage is doing. I mean, that just puts in perspective that there's other families out there going through this that are actually having this discussion of going through a divorce or having marriage problems because of their children going through this awful time. And, you know, it breaks my heart that, you know, families are breaking up for that. Yeah. And we've decided that that's not going to be an option for us, but I can't judge other people for the decisions that they make. You know it's mm-hmm. not right i mean everybody's situation is a little different but you know I, I really feel for those people out there that that have this terrible situation that they go through that they feel they need to do that and yeah. i i don't want to be a part of that statistic i think that yeah we've decided that a long time ago that we wouldn't be mm-hmm. and i mean those of you who are out there that may have gone that route you know i mean it, it, it is what it is I mean, you know it
0: it might've made your family stronger. You know, in some cases, you know, I have seen on some of the forums, um, that some people just kind of co-parent better when they have that stress where it's, they're not getting along and then you're adding an autoimmune disease on top of it. I've seen parents that co-parent better when they're not together and there's no judgment at all, because I mean, everyone just has to do what's best for them and and what's best for their family. But for our family, I know that Mabel thrives the most when she has us both together. She's very sensitive and we're really fortunate. Ryan doesn't really have to travel for work very often. And so he's home every night to tuck her in. And I think that's something that both of our girls um, definitely feed off of that. And they, they need that. And I mean, just what, like two, three weeks ago, Ryan had to go out um, overnight kind of thing. And man, Mabel did not do well. There was quite a bit of tears coming from her end.
1: Yes. Mabel is very sensitive when <laughs> it, it comes to uh, anything that.
0: Goodbyes. Y- yes. And- that and,
1: and- and it's really about limiting her stressors that she yes. goes through in. Yes. And she gets stressed out when she knows that I'm not going to be here or if I tell her I'm going to be late.
0: Yeah.
1: Or if I'm not here when she gets home. Yeah. It, it it really does, you know, kind of stress her out and
0: I text you ETA, ETA. <laughs> I need to know yeah. when you're getting here.
1: Yeah, she's she really is
0: very sensitive. Sensitive. Yeah. And, But again, there's just really no judgment because, I mean, you're not alone. We're going through a lot of the same things with everybody else in so many situations. And I mean, ultimately, you got to do what's best overall for your family. And if that means being apart, then that's what works for your family. And if it's being together and that works for your family, you know, good for whatever you can find that works for y'all.
1: Oh, ex- exactly. And there's no judgment from me. There's no judgment from yeah, you. It, yeah. it's it's a very tough situation to go through. And you know, it's everyone is gonna have something different. Mm-hmm. So we really just need to focus on the children, focus yeah. on the the sick child who needs both parents to be at a hundred yeah. percent and not have fifty percent on each one, you know, they both need to be at a hundred percent. Yeah. So whatever you, you and your family have to do, I, I get it. But I, like I said, from the beginning and, you know, to the doctor's question, you know, me and I and Lisa have always said that divorce isn't on the table. We're going to do anything we can. If she has to be mad for a week at me, <laughs> then she has to be mad for a week. But we got through our little rough times with this disease and yeah. and we're chugging along.
0: Definitely some arguments um, in the beginning, especially and it's not arguments, I guess. It's figuring out this new life, obviously, which is not easy at all. And I mean, if you know anything about having an ostomy, there's stickers and wafers and things that have to stick on the skin. And, you know, you're trying your hardest to make these these stickers that have to last on the skin last so much longer because you don't want for their skin to get raw. And I remember we didn't have great supplies in the beginning. And I think that was one of the harder times for us. I think that we definitely, did you do this? Did you do that? You know, trying to make sure that we had both done what we needed to do to like maximize the amount of time that the ostomy sticker would like stay on for the bag.
1: Oh yeah, it, it became a competition between both of us to see who could <laughs> friendly
0: competition yeah,
1: who can uh, put the sticker on and and get it to last the longest. Yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. I, and I know I might have not have done it the right way same, every time. Same here. But-
0: At the time, you you definitely, I mean, my personality is definitely I'm not going to I'm not going to be wrong and I'm not going to lose and um you know, Ryan's just endearing. He just kind of lets me go with it most of the time because I mean, he just Those are wins for me, being a stay-at-home mom, taking care of a chronically ill child. I mean, if I needed to be the one who won the sticker challenge for the week, then Ryan is great and kind of just let me be the winner. (laughs) So moving on to our next question from our listener named Alice. She asks, what was the hardest part for your family adjusting to having a child with an ostomy? Oh, my word. What was the hardest part, do you think, Ryan, for our family adjusting?
1: Honestly, it has to be venturing out, you know, in public, you know, taking Mabel out and not Mm -hmm. being so paranoid that she's going to have a blowout or a leak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be struggling there trying to get things under control. And, and, And we've seen at home how out of control it can get. Mm-hmm. So being out in public, you know, driving in the car, she doesn't know, you know, she's, you know, three at this time and she can mm-hmm. move the seatbelt a certain way and just lift it up enough where, you know, it just all, you know, starts coming out. And <laughs> and, and that I think Good was the, the hardest time for our family is venturing out. And, you know, once we left the house, we were, you know, rolling the dice, you know, yeah. we really weren't comfortable at that point yet, but it was in the back of our minds that, you know, anything can happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'm going to go right with you on that. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to agree with you. I think the beginning was definitely the hardest part and not wanting her to ever feel any kind of like embarrassment or to feel bad about having anything like that done to us. I remember plenty of times getting poop on my hand and it's poop. (laughs) on your hand and you wanna freak out because it's a natural thing, but you also know that she is watching you like a hawk, waiting to see what your reaction to all of this is gonna be. And you have to almost push all of those feelings down and smile and look at her while you have her poop on your hand and just smile and say, what's wrong? Everything is fine. Like, I think we both had a lot of poopy hand moments.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And and the, the thing, too, you know, we have to remember is that a lot of your listeners might not even know what an ostomy is. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, without going into too much detail, you know, it's it's basically a like a butt on the side of your stomach. I mean, that's where everything comes out.
0: Seems legit. Seems good. (laughs) Like that's like the most realist I think I've ever heard anybody kind of describe it. And I appreciate that because, you know, I think I get caught up like in medical terms and things like that. And I think that you kind of just brought it back to what it really almost is. And you're a hundred percent right. And at any point, you know, it's a three-year-old's feces on your, on your hand that alone should should say something because girl was eating everything. She was feeling better. She was eating everything and it was all coming out. And yeah, like it was good times, you know? But I think that just the beginning was the hardest part. I think after that, it was seriously, um, I think it sounds scarier than what it actually is, to be honest. I think that we... We did well with it as a family.
1: Oh, yeah. And what I was kind of getting at is, is that it, it's a bag
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it's literally a bag.
0: Your waste goes into it. Well, mm-hmm. Right.
1: But so does air. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. fills up like a balloon. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what when you're in public outside of the house, you know air fills up as she moves around and balloons up and, and you you don't want it to get too full where it'll start to leak. And yeah, so, you know, like yeah. people that may not know too much about the ostomies, I mean, that's, that's the things that we were dealing with. You know, we were, we were dealing with
0: like a little com- time bomb yeah, almost.
1: Exactly. You know, having to constantly just monitor it. We're out in public, you know, we, we definitely don't want any type of accidents. So we're constantly looking and checking and, That's what's going on. I mean, I think that was the hardest thing about having the ostomy was just getting used to what is actually going to be happening with this little bag on the side of her stomach.
0: Because she could be having just like a stomach ache that day and have a lot of gas and her bag would fill up faster than normal. You know, generally, if I put a brand new bag on her at like, let's say eight in the morning, maybe by about two or three in the afternoon, normally generally is when you kind of almost needed to kind of empty her out. But if she was having a stomach ache or anything like that, I mean, it could go as early as like 10 or 11, you know, just kind of depending. And you're right. Like it was a lot of like rolling the dice in the beginning to leave the house and say like, we're going to confidently go out. And at that point, I mean, I'm not carrying a diaper bag anymore because she is potty trained and having to, you know, prepare for in case there's any kind of an emergency you know, was always in the back of our mind. So I personally actually have a question for you, Ryan, if you don't mind. Um, I'm curious if there's like a memory that sticks out in your head about the beginning, like a situation that you're like, I'm never gonna forget this.
1: Oh yes, it would. It would have to be when we went to the Spurs game. It was. Oh. <laughs> that was. That was probably one of the first times that we actually ventured out. Yeah, thinking we were going to be real brave. And, and, <laughs> we were so cool. <laughs> and then take her, her and Addie, to a Spurs game and uh, meet up with some friends. And everything started off great until <laughs> you started tugging at my shirt and told me that you had a problem, or we had a problem. Mm-hmm. So, I, of course, I was like, okay, well, we can fix it. No big deal. Uh, we run into little problems all the time. Let's. What do you got? And I think that's when you showed me that her... Bag was coming off, little sticker was coming off, and
0: (laughs) and it was starting to have like a little aroma going on there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it 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 peeled away just enough to let out the uh, potpourri or poopery, (laughs) and uh, we definitely wanted to get out of there after that.
0: I was definitely um, trying to be as discreet as possible. And I do remember kind of tugging at your shirt and being like, we have a small problem here, baby. And uh, I don't know what to do.
1: Oh, yeah. I think we got to the second quarter.
0: Right. I don't even think that we got to be there that long. And the sad part is, is that they were um, really great seats gifted to us by Ryan's work. And so it was really disheartening. I think, having to leave. But I remember getting in the car and blaring Kelly Clarkson um, on the radio as loud as I can. And just trying to make it like a normal kind of thing to where nobody was feeling bad for leaving. Um, I especially didn't want it to have like a negative effect on like May Because I definitely didn't want her to think that this was going to hold us back in any way, shape, or form. Again, it was the beginning. So, I mean...
1: I don't think we made either one of the girls feel bad about it. No, nah. like it was never Mabel's fault. Mm-hmm. We never got mad at her for mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. We made it a point to treat it like it was normal.
0: Yeah, and wasn't a big it, deal, and
1: because it technically was normal for her, that's mm-hmm. her new normal, mm-hmm. and we had to adjust. And uh, it was, but that was definitely a a memory that I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember saying, well, we're brave, we can do this. And oh then, yeah. Then...
0: you really pumped me up that day. I think I was I might have probably been a little bit nervous, but I think that I fed off of your energy and you were definitely confident and I mean, it really wasn't that bad. We got some great pictures that <laughs> <Yeah>, we did. <laughs> and a great memory, a great story to tell. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for joining me today and kind of giving your experience with all of this ostomy life. Um, I'm really hopeful to have you back on again soon enough. And I really want to thank our listeners um, for sending in your questions. And I hope that we were able to answer, you know, as best as we could. And just please don't forget that you can send your questions or comments or anything that you want to talk about to Convo's with Annalisa at gmail.com. Please don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you can, also, we'd love for you to share the podcast with your friends and family. And with this, I'm going to go ahead and leave you with our sweet Mabel Ann singing one of our songs to her ostomy, Mr. Toots. You're the crazy one, Mr. Toots. You're the silly one, Mr. Toots. Goodbye,
1: Mr. Toots.